Welcome back to the 181st episode of the FKT Podcast. I'm your host, Heather Anderson. We already miss Buzz, Peter, and Jeff, but we've got a new show for you and, of course, new ownership. If you haven't already heard, it was announced in March that Outside acquired Fastest Known Time. That news sent a tidal wave of questions throughout the community. In this relaunch podcast, we're going to address a few of those, as well as talk through what goes on behind the scenes at Fastest Known Time when you submit a route. To do that, we've got FKT Regional Editor Alex Bond here to help answer those questions and to tell us how he thinks the new ownership is going. Hi, Heather. Thanks for having me. I have heard that you just got done with a pretty um, big race that may or may not have gone to plan. You want to tell us a little bit about it? Yeah, a couple of weeks ago, I did the the Yakima Skyline 50K, which I live in Washington State in the U.S., and uh, it's sort of one of our popular early season races. It's in eastern Washington, which is the drier and warmer side of the state. So it's nice that you can get out in April and it's likely to not be rainy and be sunny. Uh, the flip side of it is, you know, all of us here in western Washington, we, we get we spend all winter running in the trees and the rain and getting wet and being cold. And then you go over to this hot, dry, dusty 50K race and you're like, oh my gosh, what is this yellow ball up in the sky that is making me hot and uncomfortable? So I finished the race, of course, but it, I was doing it for my third time. It wasn't my best day doing it. But, you know, that's that's life and ultra running is, uh, you know, having those kind of things. But I'm actually really excited now. You know, the, the North Cascades Highway is opening up. Uh, I was up there riding my bike uh, for several days, um, and you know we're having this very weird spring in Washington, where some of the ski areas, Crystal Mountain ski area, is stand, staying open until the end of May, pretty much. Where we're getting this wild winter weather. I was this past weekend up at about 2,500 or 3,000 feet elevation, and still probably like five or six inches of snow, which is wild for this time of year, but. It's a sunny day today, and I am excited to uh, do this podcast and then go for my run this afternoon. Yeah, absolutely. A sunny day in Western Washington is always a good day, especially this time of year. I'm excited to be talking with you today, though. I uh, had a quick story I wanted to tell. We actually met several years ago. I was running the Chuckanut 50K, which is another one of our popular spring races here in the Pacific Northwest in Washington State. It's one of the longest running races in Washington State. And I remember um, it was sometime early in the race and that uh, we were sort of in a group and that somebody struck up a conversation with you saying, hey, are you Heather Anderson? And and you, you, the two of you started chatting, and I remember just sort of being like, oh my gosh, I'm running in a group with Heather Anderson. I don't think we actually spoke at that race or anything like that, but I just remember that like, oh my gosh, like Heather Anderson knew from the PCT and, and all these long trails, oh my gosh, and having a little bit of a fanboy moment at that time. And uh, now it's fun to get to have this conversation here with you today and talk a little bit more about um, you know, what you've got going on, what we've got going on with the FKT website these days and, uh, and, and sort of reintroduce the podcast to folks. That's really kind of a funny story. Um, yeah. You never know who you're racing next to. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I'm really excited to chat with you today about that too. And so obviously you're an ultra runner, you're in that community, but um, before we start talking a little bit more about outside, I'm kind of curious how you became part of the FKT community. Well, when it comes to sort of ultra running and this sort of adventure running space, I got started just as a hiker. I think 
maybe you know not not too dissimilar from you. Obviously, you're a much much better hiker than I am, uh, and with a lot more experience. But you know, having grown up in Washington State, you know, hiking and camping was just the stuff that everybody does. And uh, it was a couple years ago, well, more than a couple years ago, but it was, it was so a while ago. I sort of decided, you know, I don't want to just do this for fun once in a while. I want to get really into this and. Um, you know, then so, you know, went out and bought an ice axe and learned how to use it and then learned how to, you know, learned how to tie into a rope and rock climb and all that kind of stuff. And going out and hiking is fun, but sometimes you want to be able to get something done faster. And then it was sort of like, oh, there's this thing called trail running. And there's these people who wear little tiny vests and shoes and shorts <laughs> instead of, you know, a 75 liter backpack and pants and heavy boots on, you know, people who sometimes <laughs> on the hottest day of July don't bring four different jackets just in case because it's the 10 essentials and you're supposed to. And, uh, you know, so as I sort of found out about this trail running world, I was like, oh, this is actually a really cool way to get around and see exciting things and get more miles done in a day. And actually it hurts way less. I think like mm -hmm. hiking with a big heavy pack is not very pleasant. And so being able to switch to this more sort of faster, lighter, not only is does it make you sound like a cool alpinist or something like that when you say you go fast and light, um, you know, and obviously the most important thing at all times is to sound like a badass. Uh, you know, it actually, it, <laughs> it, it, it really was a lot more fun to me. And, uh, you know, I don't come from that running background. I'm not one of those people who ran high school cross country and stuff like that. I've run I, like one six minute mile ever in my life and I'll never do it again. Um, <laughs> you know, but, uh, I still manage to, uh, get around and do some fun stuff every so often. And, uh, and living in Washington state, of course, uh, it's a, you know, cornucopia of riches. There's more you could do here in Washington than anybody would ever have time for in a lifetime. And so I'm really lucky to live here and get to get to go out and play the FKT scene specifically I got into because, you know, I was, I actually had a, it was in 2015, I had a job where you had to sit at your computer all the time, just in case something had, there was long periods of downtime where nothing was happening, but like you had to, you couldn't go off and do something else. You had to still sit there and like, just in case there was an emergency and you had to immediately kick, go into action and do all sorts of stuff. And so I just sitting there at the computer, I would just read people's trip reports. I got really interested in places like Cascade Climbers and NorthwestHikers.net where people were posting trip reports. Like the blogs, I mean, in 2015, people still had blogs. It's weird. Nobody has blogs anymore. Everything is just Instagram captions now. But um, that was still the time of the blog. And, you know, mm -hmm. um, as somebody who at that time, I was, you know, still early in my ultra running and sort of adventure running um kind of journey. It was like, whoa, getting to read about these cool trips people were doing and knowing, oh, is this, per you know, reading about this trip, I want to do that. That sounds awesome. Um, you know, sort of seeing what's the history, you know, how can you link this and that? And, you know, that was also about the same time that GPS was moving from a weird, complicated thing that you had to have this many, many hundreds of dollars device for to like, there were things on your phone that you could use it with. And I was starting to hear about these weird apps that, you know, that you could use right around that sort of time. And so it's just spending time looking at maps and reading about what people were doing. I found that really interesting and fun. I've always enjoyed reading people's trip reports. I wish that we actually did go back and had more blogs and not just Instagram captions when people 
want to talk about what they're up to. But I've always enjoyed that. Uh, I read the American Alpine Journal, you know, not, not, not always cover to cover, but, you know, I like to read about what people are doing in the running and climbing spaces. And so when I discovered the FKT website back when it was the original Pro Boards forums, and it was super rudimentary and really, um, you know, really kind of old school, old internet, 1990s kind of a style thing, I got a huge kick out of that. And so when the new website came around, I was very interested in it and would pay attention to what folks in the community were up to. And then when Peter and Buzz sort of put the word out that they were looking for people to help out in 2020 as the pandemic was happening and there was an enormous surge in FKTs, you know, they needed help. And um, I was so excited to have the opportunity because that's the kind of thing I was doing for fun anyways, you know, reading people's trip reports, you know, that's kind of a lot of what the regional editor job is, is, you know, reading people's trip reports and reading about routes that people are suggesting. And like, this is what I was doing for fun anyways. So if I can do that in a way that helps support the website, like it was a match made in heaven for me. And so I've been volunteering and helping out with them you know, through that. And then now I'm sticking around here as we've done this transition um, to outside. And it's really cool that there's this community around the FKT website and around adventure running, where we are starting to get a little bit more sometimes long form reporting about what people are up to being able to find some of the coolest and most exciting routes in an area. It's a lot of fun for me and excited to see what comes next with outside. Sounds like a very natural progression. Like when you start, you don't know the end point, but like everything just flows like one into the next thing really naturally for you. I definitely have followed a little bit of that similar trajectory. You know, I, I didn't grow up hiking or running or doing anything outside really, but you know, my first thing was backpacking and, and then it was just driven by the curiosity of seeing more that made me go a little lighter and a little further every time. And eventually moving into trail running and then FKT. So yeah, I totally got that. And I do miss the the long form blogs too. It, it is fun to read about people's journeys a little bit more than just like a glossy Instagram caption. Yeah, it's kind of cliche. To, uh, I, I really, I feel bad. The cliche of complaining about Instagram these days, it's like, oh yeah, okay, grandpa, you know, tell me more. But I don't know. I I do like those old days where people would, you know, do something cool and exciting and then write a thousand words about it. And, uh, you know, the FKT website, it gives a space. Of course, some people choose to write a whole bunch and some people don't and either way is fine. But uh, I, I, there is something about that, that longer storytelling that, that speaks to me at least. For sure. Yeah. I mean, I love Instagram. I think it's great. And I love it for like the synopsis, but I am really pleased now, especially that we have this newer FKT website, um, that there is that space. So you don't have to maintain a blog if all you want to do is write one time about your your FKT. You can go on there and you can write like something super detailed and put photos and video and all that on there. So you can always have that thorough detail out there for the community to review. I mean, it's not just about approving your FKT. It's also about sharing your experience. Yeah. And I think when you think about what, you know, what matters in an FKT, ultimately, you know, the website is focused on, you know, fastest is right there in the name of it. It's looking for the stories that it focuses on are by nature, people who are doing some of these things faster than anybody else. Um, But what I think is actually kind of more important in a lot of ways, ultimately, you know, we want to, when somebody posts their, their FKT, we want to know that that they said they did it in four hours, that they actually did it in four hours. The time matters. But 
ultimately, I think the stories that come out of it are more interesting to me. I think it's more interesting to read about an adventure somebody had than to necessarily know, oh, you did it in four hours and this other person did it in 4.15. Um, you know, I think the most interesting stories are ones that have that that have that component of trying to go fast, because I think there's an element of, I think that speed brings an element uh, to an adventure that puts on additional pressure. There's experiences that come out of trying to go as fast as you can that you don't necessarily get when you're just going at whatever pace out on a lovely stroll on a Saturday. Um, you know, so I like those stories that come out of people trying to go as fast as possible. I think those are really interesting and exciting stories, people doing things that are pushing the envelope. You know, that's what that's what the fastest part makes you do. And that that makes it exciting and interesting. Um, but I care more about the story somebody tells than, uh, you know, whether they did it in four hours or 415 personally in terms of what, what, what I find interesting and exciting. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think that's a big part of what I hope to bring to the podcast is the stories behind the stats. Yeah. I think the podcast is a really great opportunity to dig into that with people and to, you know, have those long form conversations. One of the things that's interesting about the podcasting space and trail running and adventure running is, you know, there are it can be a really crowded space. You know, when somebody goes out and wins Western States, they're on a million podcasts the next week. And I think this is kind of an, a space where we can both talk about the elite athletes who are doing something really fast and impressive because those are cool stories, but also get in touch with maybe, for lack of a better word, more normal people who are still pushing their envelope in their own way, but find a way to sort of uncover those stories a little bit more and find people who are doing interesting and exciting things that aren't necessarily a top 10 at Western States kind of a person, you know? And I think that the FKT podcast is a really well-positioned way to do that because what we are doing is a little bit more outside of the box and gives that opportunity. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, the, the FKT scene as a whole, that's one of the beautiful things about it is it's not just running. Like, I'm mm -hmm. never going to be top 10 at Western States. <laughs> That's just not happening. But I can go out and set, you know, several FKTs, you know, because I'm, I'm choosing the, the methodology that works for me and I'm pushing myself within that framework. And I think that's what's beautiful about FKTs is their accessibility to a wide range of humans and a wide range of athletes and people who wouldn't even necessarily call themselves athletes. It's, it's just that beautiful platform. And the creativity that can come into the routes and, and, and how people plan them, I think can be really exciting too. One of the things that I like about FKTs is we see more routes that maybe they incorporate technical climbing into them, or you're hiking up a series of peaks and you're riding your bike in between them, or you are in a remote area and you have to manage your own you know, supply, whether that's from caches or from finding gas stations, you're not at a traditional trail race where you can count on there being an aid station every five miles, you're having to figure that out on your own. And though that added complexity, whether that's from technical terrain or multimodal or from being remote and, and having to manage support, I think that the complexity that that brings is really interesting. And the creativity that it forces from at, that it forces onto athletes, you know, you kind of have to, unless you, you know, I, I guess if you're an elite athlete, you can go out and you can run the Grand Canyon rim to rim to rim 
super, super fast. And that is awesome and good for you. And that is so cool. But that there's an opportunity for people who maybe don't have the physical gifts to be that kind of elite athlete to apply creativity when it comes to route design or route planning or how they execute their route that then gives them the space to do something that's really special and exciting and awesome. So you work as a regional editor for Fastest Known Time. So I'm kind of curious about, first of all, like what region you manage and how many regions are there? So I'm in the Pacific Northwest of the U.S., which is I've got uh, Washington, Oregon, Idaho, Montana, Wyoming, Alaska. Um, I think we sort of I actually think it's really cool that I get to have Montana and Wyoming, even though they're probably not strictly part of the Pacific Northwest under most people's definition. Um, Montana and Wyoming, are, like I think I so obviously have the best terrain in the in the U.S. in my region. I mean, Washington State, like Oregon's okay, or, you know, not as cool as Washington, but it's okay. But like Washington, Alaska, Montana, Wyoming, and I'm uh, now a bunch of Oregonians are going to be mad at me. I'm going to get angry emails about this from them, I bet. But um, like, there is so much cool terrain in all of these states. And in Idaho, Idaho, there's so few people in Idaho, but there are such cool mountains. It's really interesting to see the routes that people submit from some of these areas. And it's like, whoa, these are undiscovered gems that in some cases that I don't think a lot of people around this country would hear about if there weren't awesome athletes in these areas looking at the map and figuring out how to connect this and that and what are the best routes and what are the best peaks and then submitting that to us because I get emails all the time of these submissions coming in from all you know all of the states in our area um, where it's just like wow this is so cool you know I think one of my I always can tell when I get a good route submission where I get the route submission and then before I even approve it, I'm like looking on on the on Google Maps to see like how far is it for me to drive to this trailhead? Is this like <laughs> something I can do? Like, you know, how, you know, if it's Montana, okay, yeah, that's that's super complicated to get to, but like Idaho, maybe I could make a long weekend, you know, a, a three day weekend out of it and do this on Saturday. You know, that's like the sign that there's cool stuff happening. And so I really. As a lifelong Washingtonian, I don't know as much about, you know, I've been to Montana and I've been to all these other states, but not really spent a ton of time there. And so one of the things that's been a highlight of being a regional editor has been being able to learn about these areas and what are the best routes and what are people doing and all the stuff that's super cool there. And so uh, that's something I've gotten a big kick out of. Um, you know, so like I said, I've got the Pacific Northwest, the best part of the U.S., and uh, there are 17 of us uh globally now and so um you know most of us are in the u.s because that's where most of the fkt action is but we've got i believe three people now handling the uk there's a huge fkt scene happening in the uk that's super exciting we've got a bunch of people in europe we've got south america we've got asia and um you know oceana there's a lot happening in australia and new zealand you know you want to talk about cool terrain, talk about New Zealand. I mean, wow. <laughs> and so um, it's fun to see, uh, it's fun to see everything that, that people are submitting, you know, worldwide and uh, then being able to 
you know, we get together at the end of the year and do the FKT of the year kind of things. And that something that maybe I didn't hear about because it happened in the UK and, and I just didn't happen to notice. And then being able to see those and being like, whoa, what a cool route, you know, and compare that to, you know, just, just being able to connect that to everything, everything's everybody's doing. It's, it's just a really awesome opportunity to see what folks are up to both, you know, across the, my region and, and across, across the globe too, because, you know, we're starting to see this FKT thing go, uh, go global. I think, you know, one of the things I'd love to see more of is, is even more so, you know, I think, you know, we have most of our, like I said, most of our folks are in the U S and in Europe. I'd love to see, you know, more FKTs coming in from, uh, you know, Asia and Africa, I think would be cool. In Africa, most of our FKTs are from South Africa, but like, that's a big continent. There's a lot of terrain and I'm sure there's cool, I'm, I'm sure there's so many awesome routes to do that are, you know, globally, you know, five-star routes. And um, I would love to be able to see the FKT movement expand even more into some of these other areas. And, um, you know, tell us about what's happening. Tell us about what's good out there and what people are doing, because anywhere that people are running and hiking, there's people who are doing it fast. And, uh, and I'd love to know what, you know, what kind of routes they're doing and, uh, and how fast and what stories come with that, of course, because that's what ultimately is the good part. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I, I will definitely say I, I like Oregon a lot and there's a lot of cool stuff there. But yes, yeah, that is a very cool region. Like all of the all of the land that's in your region has a lot of options. So I'm kind of curious, uh, you skip over BC. Like, so is BC not included in the Pacific Northwest region or is there somebody else separate handling Canada? There's a separate Canada guy. Yeah, because BC is actually like, if anything, BC might have... BC and Alberta, I mean, they have yeah. everything in the US except for maybe Alaska, but like BC and Alberta have the lower 48B. I mean, that that is, yeah. I'll, I'll take the, I'll, I'll admit to taking the L there. They have such incredible terrain, the Coast Mountains and Canadian Rockies. I mean, that is so cool. So I am kind of jealous sure. of the Canada guy. He gets some good stuff. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, because you just like skipped right over BC and I'm like, no, I mean, talk about five-star routes, like <laughs> BC and Alberta, <laughs> yeah. like they yeah. have so oh, many yeah. yeah that's pretty that's pretty cool so you said there's 17 of you worldwide I, I feel like I feel like there should be more but I guess um maybe that's something that is going to be growing like um are they act is best is known time actively looking for new regional editors like if somebody's listening and they're like yeah I would really like to be involved with this is there like a process for application I I think my understanding is that on the areas that we have coverage of now, like we're we're feeling pretty good. I don't think we need more U.S. people at this point, you know, unless there's somebody who decides they're done with it and they're ready to move on. But where I think would be good is people who are connected to these running communities in places that are not the U.S., Canada, the U.K., uh, Western Europe. You know, I think having more regional editors in that in those other areas would help us connect to what the hiking and running communities are doing there. So like if there are people in Africa or Asia or, you know, Eastern Europe or, or whatever who want to say like, I know all the good routes in, or I know some of the good routes or I know, 
you know, I know the people who are doing this, I would encourage them to reach out. And I think we'd love to be able to connect to some folks who are in some of those holes on our map, so to speak, because you look at, you know, the map of where all the routes are, and you can see that in Washington State and in Boulder, Colorado, and in, you know, these kind of areas, you look then at the holes in the map and you're like, wow, there aren't that many routes in Alaska, but like Alaska is huge and has a ton of five-star terrain. Like what's the deal? I would love to know more about what folks are doing in Alaska. I I know some people who live in Alaska and I see them posting stuff on Instagram about these incredible ski traverses and stuff like that. And I'm like, submit me a route, submit me an FKT, tell me what's going on. I think we'd love to be able to have more coverage of some of those areas. And it's, uh, and and help take this even more global. I think some of it is also incumbent upon us on the website. We've been talking about things like, you know, right now our guidelines are only in English, which even within the US, there's a fair accessibility concern about that. But when you think about trying to be a global enterprise, English is not the only language people speak. And so how do we make this maybe a little bit more accessible globally if we really want to grow it in that way? Not to necessarily jump ahead, but you know, when we think about next steps and, and where the website is going to go with outside, you know, some of that is some of the things that we're thinking about and talking about. Yeah, I, I let's uh, transition. That's a perfect segue here to talking a little bit more about outside and um, some of the some of the things that are coming down the pipeline. It's great the accessibility and, and growth is part of the mindset things that you're discussing. And, and so I'm kind of curious uh, how you have perceived since you're kind of on the inside of this how this acquisition is going overall. Yeah, I think when when the announcement came, you know, I heard from a bunch of folks about, oh my gosh, what's going to happen? It's all going to be so different now. And, you know, it's going to be taken over by the, the corporate entity and so on and so forth. And, you know, I think anybody who is sort of a user of the website who's doing FKTs, they would probably say that it hasn't really changed very much at all. Um, you know, the change has been pretty minimal, frankly, in terms of the experience thus far, because if it ain't broke, don't fix it, you know, and we have a, a something that it certainly has room to grow and improve. And we want to take those steps, but I don't think anybody has it in their mind to blow up what we've already got. You know, we've still got our team of regional editors who, you know, review the FKTs and the route submissions that we get. We still put them up on the website. And um, I think some of the initial fears that may have been suggested or questions that were raised, um, you know, when the uh, acquisition was first announced, you know, have not come to pass, you know, and I, and I think that that's good. And I think it's important to sort of show that trust and to show the community that like, hey, look, nothing's being blown up here. We're not we're not ruining what made FKT cool. We're not taking away access from people. We're still doing what we did, you know? And I think um, that's that's sort of the first thing to, that's important to note, I think. I think the next thing is to sort of see like, here's what is coming next. And I think things like I mentioned, you know, being able to have, um, you know, more accessibility to, you know, what the guidelines are and helping to have a little bit more of a focus about how do we bring more people into the community? How do we spread the word a little bit more about what we've got going on here? Um, how do we make this that a tool that you don't have to be an elite athlete to use? You know, I think one of the challenges is it's like if you were to have a race where the only person who you cared about was not even just the winner of the race, but the person who set the course record, like that would be kind of a weird race, you know? And, and um, you know, I don't think we want to you don't have to be and you shouldn't have to be an elite athlete to engage with the website. You shouldn't have to necessarily have to make up all your own routes because, you know, sometimes there's and there's maybe a pressure to 
you know, submit routes that aren't interesting just because, hey, I want to be on the website, so I'm going to submit this even though it's kind of so-so. Like, that's not how it should work, you know? And so figuring out how can we make this a tool that people can use to talk about what they're doing, even if they're not setting FKT, or to have it be useful for them where they're finding routes that they might want to do, being able to use the route page for that, you know, improving the search terms, improving some of the mapping functionality to make sure that we've got that we're providing really high quality information to folks. Um, you know, I'd love to, you know, spend some time going through some of these route descriptions and having the route descriptions be a little bit more detailed. I think sometimes this is something I think I've, I've tried to make a bigger focus more recently, but there are some of the old routes that maybe came in from the old pro boards days that are from, you know, five, six years ago or something like that. And, um, you know, might be a little short on the description side and can we and should we flesh that out to make sure that somebody who's looking for information on the route, you know, we want to make sure that we're giving them factual and helpful information. I also think there's also value in not holding somebody's hand too closely. You know, part of the adventure is adventure and figuring it out for yourself a little bit. And so what's sort of that balance, um, you know, of making sure that we're being helpful and factual and providing people with the information they need while still um, making sure that they're going to have an adventure when they're out there. I think that that's really, um, you know, some of the stuff that we can do with the website. And, and, and I, you know, there's a lot of ideas out there that, that I hear floated. Um, you know, personally, I think it would be cool to see a few more multi-sport expand the multi-sport side of things. We're seeing a little bit more ski stuff being, um, uh, being on the, the website. We're seeing some more sort of combined bike hike or bike run stuff being on the website. I'm a little apprehensive. I think, um, you know, some people have said, oh, we should have all sports on the FKT website. We should have, um, you know, biking and paragliding and kayaking. And, you know, we should have, you know, Alex Honnold and Tommy Caldwell doing the nose on the website. And I sort of go back and forth on whether, you know, on one hand, like they're doing, FK, it's the FKT on the nose where the app fastest known time website, I, I see the, the connection. At the same time, I also don't think it's necessarily our place to like force ourselves into that, into other communities and say, you know, hey, cyclists, we're going to start keeping track of all your times right now, because um, that's, that's just not really our place to do. Uh, you know, I think if they want to be associated with the website, then fantastic. Uh, but I think it's something that you don't just do overnight. And I think, you know, you look at things like this whole kerfluffle around Lael Wilcox and her bike ride of her incredible bike ride on the Arizona Trail. And that now there's a tremendous amount of drama around, you know, questions about the style that she did it in. I think it would be exciting to have things like that on our website. I also want to recognize that these are complex communities with their own histories and their own customs and their own, um, you know, ways of doing things and uh, really would want to be thoughtful about that. I also think continuing to figure out ways that people can make sure that they're, you know, help people tell their own stories about going on these runs, even if they didn't set the fastest known time. There's always been the opportunity for people to post in the comment sections about, hey, I did this and, you know, I was two hours slower than the FKT, but I still had a great time. Here's a couple paragraphs about how it went. That's something that we've always encouraged people to do. I'd like to see that become even more popular and become more of a norm, um, you know, have that be more commonplace for folks to do, you know, whether we can find a, a something better than the comment section of the website to encourage folks to do that in, I think that would be really cool. Um, 
But, you know, I think a lot of our focus here in the short term is going to be about making it more accessible, making it, you know, easier for folks to use and to find out good information. Because, you know, first and foremost, we are here to support the community and to be a resource for the community and be a platform for the community to tell their stories. And I think we really want to continue to center the community and their needs and what they want and how we can help them be successful. And so I think that, that those sort of first steps are, are just the, are the right thing for us to be doing. Because without the community, then nobody's submitting times and routes and then it, it, the whole thing doesn't work. You know, we, the community comes first. And, uh, you know, so I think we really have that focus on making sure that we're providing tools and resources and a platform that's helpful to folks. The community has always been um, the framework and the, the substance of fastest known time. So it's really great to know that um, we're continuing to focus on that. I think the, Two biggest questions I heard um, that came out of the acquisition were asking if FKT was going to be going behind a paywall and if people were going to have to create an O-plus account in order to submit their FKTs and routes or use the site. Um, are there any plans to do either of those things? There are not plans, uh, you know, to, to do either one of those things. I think, um, you know, I, I can sort of see both arguments about whether that both sides of whether that makes sense or not. And I don't think it's simple, but, you know, I think we want to recognize, I think people absolutely recognize, you know, the community has strong feelings about that, which is totally cool and totally valid. And, um, you know, so that's not what, that's not what outside or FKT are planning to do at this point or anything like that. So I think that to wrap this up, I feel like uh, you had a few questions you wanted to ask me. Yeah, I'm really excited to hear a little bit about, um, you know, what's coming up next with the podcast, you know, I think, you know, Heather, you're somebody who obviously is one of the, and I say this without hyperbole, one of the great FKT athletes, you know, of the 21st century. Um, when you look at those long trails and what you were done on those, um, you know, triple crown, first female uh, calendar year, uh, if I'm correct, uh, PCT overall self-supported time. I mean, just absolutely extraordinary things. Um, but now it seems like you're doing a lot more work in sort of the storyteller space. Can you talk a little bit about um, this uh, Mud Rocks and Blazes book that, that just came out? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I well, thank you, first of all, um, for the compliment. I definitely have devoted my life to hiking and to long distance and just being in the mountains in, in a variety of ways. And I've always been a, a storyteller. I've always written my whole life. And in really these last few years, uh, I've been able to move a little bit more um, career-wise into that space. And and so I have written two memoirs. Thirst was my first one about my PCT record. And then, yeah, Mud Rocks Blazes came out last spring. Um, and it's about my 2015 Appalachian Trail FKT. And it was it was really important to me to tell that story because I definitely feel like I've done a lot of things, but that journey was the most important and it will always, well, can't say always, but up till now, like despite everything else I've done, that remains the most important journey of my life because of what it brought to me, like all of the things that I learned about myself along the way and, and the, the turning points that happened out there um, more so than just the fact that I set the, at the time, the overall 
self-supported fastest known time. Telling the stories of my own is one thing. What I've come to realize is there are so many stories out there and that everybody has a story to tell. And like we talked about earlier, like this community has such a wide variety of, of athletes on it, of people on it. Um, there's so many uh, routes out there, things that cater to different strengths and weaknesses. And so when I was offered the opportunity to come on the podcast and start um, hosting that and facilitating those stories, I was just like, I leaped at the chance. Like I am super excited to be able to help facilitate people talking about their journeys in the mountains and, and their journeys out there and, and the things they've learned and discovered and found as they've um, pushed themselves and attempted things that maybe they didn't think that were possible for them. And so I think that that's um, a really awesome opportunity and I'm really excited for it. That is so cool. Yeah. I think that those stories are of course what make this all exciting and interesting. And so I am, I'm really excited. Can you give us sort of a sneak preview of what some of the stuff that we've got coming up on the podcast might be? Yeah, we've got some really great uh, podcasts coming up. We've got Liz on the Pinhoti Trail and Wit, who is planning one of the longest FKTs this summer, um, FKT that's near and dear to my heart. Uh, Kyle Richardson, who composed the music for the show on his relationship between running and music. And uh, an unsupported route that is longer than any other unsupported attempt I'm aware of are all coming up in the next few weeks and we've got a lot more planned that's so cool i'm excited to i'm excited to listen in yeah well thanks for coming on the show alex we'll be uh, checking in regularly to follow up on updates as the fastest known time continues to grow and evolve thanks so much for the chance to chat yeah thanks for tuning in until next time this is heather on the fkt podcast